Greetings, welcome you guys. Welcome God back. bless you. Hope you're having a wonderful day in the glory. And Jesus Christ sits on the throne of every single rung, elevation, and dimension of light. He truly is Lord, not just in a book that you read about, but in reality that we can experience every day. So when we go into the Word of God, we're going into the Word of God to engage Him, which means to experience His light and how it practically works out through His creation. So what is faith? Faith is the working out of salvation. Salvation is the working out and the growing of your faith, making the things of God a reality by convincing and persuading your brain. You'll find it's the brain that fights against faith all the time. The main part you're wrestling is the flesh of your own brain, where the influence of the world, the unbelief, and the things of the evil one, all the human nature, wants to say, trust in your own natural senses, mere instinct, and don't believe in the invisible world. I tell you the truth, there's an angel over everything. There's an angel over every element. There's an angel over every dimension. There's an angel, the Bible says, over every nation. And there's angels over Israel. How many of y'all know? Scripture says only Israel will be saved. Let that sink in. That's Romans chapter 11. Apostle Paul says only Israel shall be saved. Therefore, do Gentiles become Israelites? Absolutely. You wild branches have been engrafted in. Romans 11, it is written. Now you're awakening to what it is to live in Christ. The protocol of that kingdom, of how the angels act. You're very familiar with how the fallen angels act because that's the instincts of the human being. When we run on mere instinct, when we run on the impulse of the flesh, we run on the fallen angels. And so now that we're running on Christ and we're being controlled by Christ, we're learning a new way of life. That's why we have teaching. It's not enough just to get born again. There has to be a training. Right. That's in Hebrews chapter 6. Moving beyond elementary things into training in righteousness, it is written. Amen. And you know what that reminds me of? But as soon as you said not enough, it's the not enough glory today. And the not enough, God is talking about what's not enough and what we need to walk into a greater glory and what you need to go cosmic, but not only to go cosmic, but to go up successfully and to not die in the cosmos. You know, as you know, I've experienced as a pioneer, there have been, you know, I would say a couple might even be in the several situations now where I did come very close to death a couple of times, at least a few times. Uh, just in not understanding the way as accurately as I needed in the moment. But what's the grace there for? Be quick to repent so that you can stay alive, which is you continue climbing. Why is it a mercy for you to die so quickly or to begin to die so quickly in the cosmos the higher you go? It's a safety mechanism. That way your soul isn't lost to the enemy. If you end up in the clippeth, and, you know, if you're not going to return uh, to die while you still have some salvation. And so it's basically like a, it's a mercy killing mechanism, <laughs> you know, so you can at least be bold and courageous on your cosmic journey, but still make it to heaven, you know, for being brave to go after righteousness, as long as your intentions stay pure. Uh, but the issue is, you know, as Brian was talking about bewitchment, we might talk about that in a little bit, but let's look at Second Peter 1. What was the Holy Spirit saying today about the not enough glory? Because you're going to need a little bit more of something, and let's find out what that is. What do you need more of? I don't think she knows, but I have Second Peter 1 opened up over here on my phone already. It's talk the Holy Ghost highlight. Totally Get your synchronized. Notes. That's Get wild, your notes. man. <laughs> All right. Well, so God is speaking. Listen up. Okay. 
To all of you who have our kind of faith, the faith I speak of is the kind that Jesus Christ, our God and Savior, gives to us. How precious it is, and just how good he is to give us this same faith to each of us. Do you want more and more of God's kindness and peace? Then learn to know him better and better. For as you know him better, he will give you, through his great power, everything you need for living a truly good life. He even shares his own glory and his own goodness with us. And by that same mighty power, he has given us all the other rich and wonderful blessings he promised. For instance, the promise to save us from the lust and rottenness all around us, and to give us his own character. It's the formation of the divine nature. But to obtain these gifts, here's what you need to do to obtain all those wonderful, glorious things. You need more than faith. We talk about getting into the realm of faith. You need more than faith. That's so good. You must also work hard to be good. And even that is not enough. So you need faith. Some mm -hmm. people fall short of faith. You got to get faith. Start faith there. with actions. So we don't have the dead faith. Amen. <laughs> you need more than faith. You must also work hard to be good. You must also work hard to be good. And even that is not enough. For then you must learn to know God better and discover what he wants you to do. Mm. Right? Find out. It's written somewhere else. Find out what his good and perfect plan is. What his will is. We have to find out. Which means we need to strive so in faith, Torah. Faith, actions, and then know God better. To discover his will. Mm -hmm. Glory. So for then you must learn to know God better and discover what he wants you to do. Next, learn to put aside your own desires. Now we talked about the heart. We talked about Yetzirah, mm -hmm. emotions. Step five. Yep. So that you will become patient and godly. So usually, how do you know what's the impulse of the Holy Spirit? Well, if you're mainly driven by your own impulses and the evil impulse all the time, like your own heart, thoughts, emotions, opinions, feelings, desires, and you just don't know what's what, Basically, it's usually going to be whatever you don't want to do, right? You don't want to clean your room. You don't want to do your laundry. Uh, you don't feel like engaging in Torah. Obviously, those are the things you need to be doing right now if that's you. I don't feel like calling my mom and apologizing, you know, for blah, blah, blah. I don't feel like stopping, you know, yelling at the kids and, you know. It's usually those things that you don't want to do. Why? The divine nature completely contradicts the human nature, no matter how spiritual or natural it appears to be. So next, learn to put aside your own desires so that you'll become patient and godly, gladly letting God have his way with you. This will make possible the next step. So once you accomplish that, this is the next step, which is for you to enjoy other people and to like them. I know, sorry you guys, you're gonna have to like other people. And uh, I know it's hard, it's very hard. But it is possible by following these steps. Why is that part in this step and not in the previous steps? If you try to like and love other people before accomplishing those first steps that we already mentioned, you will be diving nose deep into false love every time. That's why there's an order of righteousness. There's an order of the foundation of things. And again, like Brandon said, this is to keep you from being bewitched. You know, in, the, in a way, what Brandon was talking about is bewitchment. That's another highlight of the Holy Ghost is one of the most dangerous things that you can possibly do going up the Sephirot is to get bewitched. And one of the subtle ways that the enemy likes to do that is to try to get you to remember the former things, right? That was one of the rhema words uh, today from the Lord through the apostles was remember not the former things, you know? Right about the same time online, I was literally in the house speaking it out loud what the Spirit was saying. And at the same time, Apostle Shadrach was online writing this down. So you may want to write this down. Remember not the former things. This helps to keep you from being bewitched. One of the subtle manipulations of the Clippeth to try to bewitch you after rising very high is for you to remember the Technon gifts. If you don't know what that means, that's Use the gifts of the Spirit that you get when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Those are technon. You use them with your brain. You use them with your heart. You use them with your senses. Bob Jones said that those gifts of the Spirit are meant to make you more fruitful. 
So remember, you can't judge the spirit by the manifestation. We talked about that yesterday. All the gold dust, the glitter, the glory, the angel feathers, those are all We've great. seen many revivals where the leaders mm -hmm. were actually drinking alcohol and practicing adultery while they were leading the revival. That's happened many times mm -hmm. in the last hundred years in America. So you can't judge by manifestations. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you have to walk the walk of faith, which is the sephira, and then continue through these steps. But one of the most subtle things the enemy tries to do to get you bewitched is to remember the former things, which are the old ways of vision that you used to like having because that's how the enemy deceives people is by using the gifts of the spirit without discovering the river of life within your own spirit. So if you, there's a temptation because when you go, the higher you go, the more quietly sometimes God will talk to you because he challenges you to get to know him better and to hear him in different ways. So it's not always going to be the same forms of communication. He wants to stretch you. He wants to grow you. He wants you to walk by faith and not by sight. You'll, have, you'll still have dreams. You'll still have visions. But sometimes he's going to change it to deepen and mature your communications with YHVH. So the temptation when you're being stretched is to remember the former things and all those gifts that are so common to everyone in Malkut or the lower rungs of the Sephirot and to long for those things. You know, back when you used to have the craziest vivid dreams, when you had the different, you know, the tech done, uh, visions, words of knowledge, and all those things that are more external and very immature. The One of the fallacies of the whole church age was valuing those gifts as maturity, and they're not. Those will get you killed if you rely on them in the high heavens. And so understanding that tech non gifts are not maturity. You can develop those gifts to a very extreme level and still be incredibly immature and uncircumcised. And, you know, it's you have to connect. You have to go from your heart, your head, down through your heart and connect to the spirit within your spirit. That's the only thing. God inside mindedness and keeping that connection and sacrificing those things, those gifts that you use when you were younger as a technon earthly Christian to know the river more intimately and it's a deeper walk with God and it does require that sacrifice and that's a very hard thing for very spiritual people sometimes to make so as you go up you continue to sacrifice don't get bewitched don't remember the former things but walk into the new thing that God's doing okay so this will make possible the next step which is for you to enjoy other people and to like them and finally you will grow to love them deeply the more you go on in this way, the more you will grow strong spiritually and become fruitful. Why we talk about fruitfulness. That's the important thing. And useful to our Lord Jesus Christ. You want to be useful for the kingdom? Go through these steps before you try to be a lot of help. Right? Baby technon Christian gifts does not make you helpful in the kingdom. It makes you an infant in Christ. An infant who thinks that they're very advanced when you're not because it's not the ability to discern the higher things. It's not the ability to discern principalities who will kill you. And this is a very, this is, be cautious. I know a lot of you out there, you think, oh, if I was only closer to the apostles, if I was closer to the prophets, I could do better. It would be easier. If I could just have the man of God of Brandon laid hands on me and prayed, I would be fine. That's not true. Did you know? If you are someone who excels in spiritual gifts as a technon Christian and you're prone to bewitchment or the subtleties of the accuser of the brethren and thinking it's God because you don't have that internal connection secured, you don't have circumcision, you don't have the rungs. And then if you have the rungs, don't go back to thinking that that's better than the new thing that God's doing in the higher realms. Why is that? Anyone who gets close to the apostolic in that immaturity is almost guaranteed to end up with a principality or a demon spirit inside their body. The most dangerous place possible for you to be is near to the apostolic. The closer you get or the more comfortable you get around the anointing, the more dangerous it is. And we've seen it so many times. People come around because they, they think they're gifted, they're the most advanced Christian in the circles they come from, 
but they're really infants in Christ, not really knowing him, only having experiences as a spiritual Christian who has a tendency to be bewitched, who's not yet been walking for many years and knowing God inside of them. That's so important. And as you go up the rungs, you've got to keep sacrificing what you think you know so that you can produce fruit. Because no matter the power of the external manifestations in your life, unless you're grounded in these principles and in the godliness, holiness, you're not going to be seeing correctly. You're not going to be interpreting the lessons correctly. You're not going to be reacting to the Lord correctly. And you're very likely to end up with a principality hopping in your body. If that's you, so the fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom, walk in purity, walk in righteousness, and don't value that the church age gifts so much or think that that is maturity. I mean, I've seen it so often. Uh, those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I've done this many times in my life where I was so desperate, all I could do is ask for help. Every single time God came down and helped me out of whatever I was going through in life, and I've seen him do this over and over, and I'm looking at some people now in the spirit that are watching this, and you just simply need to communicate with God and tell him, please help me out of the demonic, help me out of the darkness. You can say this, Lord Jesus, come and help me out of this sin and this problem, and then receive the help. When you're genuine with him, he's genuine with you. This is a principle of the nature of God found in Luke chapter 15. The prodigal had an epiphany, a revelation, that even the servants have it better in my father's house. I will go back to my father's house and be a slave. That's what he said in the Bible. <laughs> and so when he's, he'd humbled himself, so the posture of restoration is for everyone exactly the same, a posture of humility, that I will come in lowliness to serve. Therefore, the Father, seeing that humility, was immediately drawn to him. The Father, seeing him a long ways off, it is written, drew near to him and began to clothe him, put, put a robe on him, which means began to surround him with his angels, his protection. presence, protection from demons, from, from the pigs, yep, and from hell, and all those things, and, and to put a desire in him to come into his own house. So all of you, that desire is seen by God. You need to realize God hears your prayer, God sees your cries, and when you are genuine and sincere for help, 100% of the time, he comes and helps. I have never seen him not answer a sincere prayer to this very day with anyone in the world. Usually, the person just doesn't want to walk with God or has some kind of selfishness and some kind of greed or lust. And so they're like, they only want to be helped out of feeling the consequences of their sin and their pain. So you do deal with that immaturity. I'm sure that prodigal, when he came home in Luke 15, he was still working out a ton of junk from his life. The memories of the pig trough, the, the memories of how he was wasteful with all that money. The Bible says he spent it on prostitutes. All those images had to be removed and extracted from his heart and his brain. And, and those are actual places where those records and those images of those thoughts are kept in the heavens by the accuser of the brethren and all the things you've done in your past. So forgiveness of sin is not what most Christians think it is. And so you hear this, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry stuff all the time. That really doesn't do much. I mean, that's a good step. It's a good start. But understand, there is a cleaning of the tablets. There is a circumcision of rungs where records are kept. And, and going inside the city gates, it's not just a one-time event. It's every elevation of glory. You need to understand every place where there is still a membrane and a foreskin in all the curse of the fall of ten worlds, that's written in First Enoch, then that area of your life is outside the gate. Now, Jesus can cover you. That's why the robe came and covered the prodigal. 
which means just because you're imperfect in so many areas of your life doesn't mean the devil has a legal right to just kill you or destroy you or do all kinds of horrible things. You are covered by the Father like the prodigal when you are making an, an attempt and sincere mm. to go home to dad. That is a, an agreement with God. That's a covenant. Mm -hmm. So you begin the covenant, which is a contract with God. Now, if you stay in that covenant, which is making progress in the work of God, which is inheriting salvation through sanctification, that covering remains intact. It's only when we stop being sanctified that we go back. And what did Jesus Christ say about those people, those believers who start in the spirit? But then they go back, he said, Jesus Christ in the red letters, they'll get seven times worse every time. The reason for that is because there's an acknowledgement of the invisible. So there's working faith, there's angelic presence, there's the Father's glory upon the person to clean them up. So encountering all that in order to get muddy again, it's going to take a lot more mud because he's cleaned you up. And so... When you start to get cleaned up, that's why the temptation really explodes in so many people's lives. I can, I can tell you from experience, the temptation after salvation was a thousand times worse than before salvation. So what did Jesus Christ say in Matthew 6? When you are disciples of the apostolic glory, remember he's teaching his apostles, the leaders of the whole world, how to pray. One of the main things was to guard them from temptation because you don't even know what temptation is until you're serious about sanctification. If you're not serious about temptation, it doesn't take much. You don't even know what the devil's doing. It's very low-ranking stuff. Mm -hmm. you, you don't have a clue. But when you're serious about the narrow path, walking with him, living it out, that's when that stuff gets thrown out to you. And that's when you really begin to pass those tests. And it's passing those temptation tests were doors of responsibility, windows of authority, the heavenly realm called the heavenly Sanhedrin, which is the heavenly government, begins to be apparent in your life because you're going up into God's authority. You're going up into God's power. Every single person that comes to God has to pass literally, literally thousands of tests. We don't like that oftentimes. We'll make up ideas in our own heads that we're not being tested. Well, you're not going to have biblical Christianity. You'll never be around the disciples. And when you die, you realize you have to learn it all in heaven because you were wrong about everything. I'm telling you the truth. This is a testing ground. This is not a playground. This is a testing ground in your senses. And the guarding of your senses, the guarding of your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, your touch gates, the whole temple and continuously consecrating it for the presence of the Lord Jesus on the inside and the elevations of going up that elevator mm -hmm. and dealing with that stuff that made desire the evil one, that made desire and then giving it to the Holy Ghost to deal with it. Mm -hmm. What is written, the Holy Spirit will purify you. What is the leadership of the Spirit of truth that leads you into all truth? Dealing with lies. You will have the Spirit of truth to train you in truth. Now understand, the spirit of truth means the confrontation of every single area you are deceived. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, before the spirit of truth begins discipling you, that's every single area of your life mm -hmm. is deceived. There's no area not deceived. It's only through the leadership of the spirit of truth that the deceit begins to come out. And you know what the deceit is? The foreskin and the membrane. It's the connection to the world. Mm -hmm. It's the submission to the natural realm. It's being under mm -hmm. the elements and not over them. It's being under the stars and not over them. It's being from below and not above. And as that deceit becomes constantly and progressively removed from your hearts and your minds and your bones and around you from your houses, from your businesses, from your relationships, that you're no longer deceived. You're no longer seeking that which perishes, but eternal life above in every area of your life built on the solid rock. That's what it means to build on the solid rock. It begins to clear up. It begins to sparkle. Instead of seeing demons constantly, you begin to see angels and heavenly glory constantly. Instead of sorrow and sadness and crying and all these terrible demonic emotions that come from sin, 
You have joy like a river. You have peace like a river. You have the Father's love like a river, like a radiant bride adorned for her wedding day, which is all the purity and the holiness and the brightness of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ shining through you. That person has simply repented of deceit and allowed the Spirit of truth to wean them from all the lies in the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. That is so good. Did you ever notice how the foreskin and the membrane are on the outside? It's that externalism bewitchment every time. And that's why uh, when they talk about the Noga, the shell of uh, Netza and like Hakma being the most wicked and deceitful rungs, oftentimes because they're the, they're the most closely looking like the inside, like the kernel. They appear the most like the kernel when they're actually the membrane or the shell. So what does that mean? This is the, the not enough glory is hitting again with the Holy Ghost. What's not enough? It's good for you to want to pass tests. You might even have a, a good intention. You might have a measurement of a good intention. You can't really have a pure intention until all of your ketters are circumcised. That's the intention. That's the will. But uh, the Lord wants you to understand these, these things. So you want to pass this test that we just talked about. What's not enough? Willpower and knowledge. You're going to need willpower and knowledge. But those two alone are not enough. If you just try to resist temptation, like if you were in a place where you were not much of a threat to the enemy, you likely could be one of those Christians who just did willpower. You know, you install anti-porn software, have a men's group accountability group, have a women's group, accountability group, you, know, you don't put yourself in certain situations, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's things that you do externally just as a discipline so that you don't let the animal have its way, and that's good. Actually, you should hold on to those things. Those are good. Those are not bad things. But discipline, external discipline, knowledge, and willpower are not going to be enough for you to ascend worlds. Well, what are you going to need then? This is one of the keys that the Lord wants to release to you. I wrote this on Facebook earlier, but I want you to understand this and receive this impartation and the understanding of this spiritual principle that heart wounds become openings for magic spells. So let those wounds be healed in the river. As you get to know the river of God on the inside, the river washes away all sin the river of God. He cleanses, he heals. The river is healing by nature. So if you're stuck in the gifts of the spirit, like your seer gift, your maybe you have words of knowledge, or maybe you have the spirit of knowing, you know, it comes upon you. You have all these different gifts, church age, glory stream gifts, gifts of the spirit. And if you can't forsake the gifts to know the river better. You're going to be lacking in the healing because warfare comes with trauma because we're not perfect. You're going to make some mistakes along the way and there's grace for your mistakes. But, you know, God's not the accuser of the brethren, but he wants you to get wisdom to minimize the casualties. We'd like to have zero casualties, that's ideal. But to minimize the damage that's done you know, the damage and the emotions. Some of you have heart wounds from being, I mean, if you go on this walk, you're going to be betrayed so much. You, you know, you might be lied about. I'm sure, you know, demons, principalities might attack you that you didn't even know that kind of demonic power even existed because in the past when you weren't really doing much for God when you thought that you were, and then you come around to the cosmic apostolic and all of a sudden it's life and death. It's not patty cake in the sand anymore. And yes, there may have been some dangers you faced down there, but those dangers were very, very low-level grunt demons. Because it doesn't take much to keep religion uh, in the order that they want it kept in. You have to break free from that. So, But breaking free from religion does not mean slingshotting to the other side into rebellion. That's about a, the worst thing you could do. Then you just slingshot back and forth, you know, 
unstable in all your ways, mental instability. You can't keep, you know, you're, there's no calmness in your life. It's just black and white, one witchcraft to another witchcraft under the guise of religion. So heart wounds, those become openings. If you do not get healing from the things people send against you, because people are going to sin against you, the things people said about you, uh, for the things like Brennan was talking about, things in your past, maybe you're a prodigal son, maybe your past haunts you for the sins that you've had in the past. That, that can be a wound. You wounded yourself. Those are very real. You can't, it's not that great to just kind of like put a band-aid on it. I'm just going to ignore it and continue on because I'm a tough cookie or whatever. That might work for a little bit, but now you're a liability. You become a liability in the kingdom when you don't deal with the wounds. And don't expect people to come and apologize to you. They're likely not going to. It's not, the people who hurt you are likely not gonna call you up one day and be like, oh, by the way, I'm so sorry about that. I did repent, you know, that was my bad. This is the age of like wickedness, perverse generation. It's probably not gonna happen. So where are you gonna find your healing? The river, river inside you. Don't get bewitched. And when your gifts are decreasing, your external gifts are decreasing and the river is increasing, don't go back. Or when you see young people in the Lord or people who are fresh out of glory mania enjoying all their gifts and it makes you remember the former things, don't take that bait. That's a bait of bewitchment because those kind of gifts are always able to be manipulated by higher principalities who use a lot of stolen light and stolen glory. It cannot discern false light. So what are you gonna do? Get healed. If you don't get healed, you can't really be a soldier. Have you ever seen on the front lines? Sometimes it's unavoidable that's, you know, Vietnam, good Lord, you know, that was a mess. But sometimes it's like that. So what are you going to do? Get healing. You don't wanna see all the frontline soldiers and everyone's just in pieces, you know, like just bleeding out everywhere. I'm fine. I can do it. Just go put another injection and just keep going. There have been times we've had to do things like that. Just wrap it up and get a glory injection and just make it through this next battle. Whatever it takes, we can heal up in a minute because we don't have a minute right now. We've been there. But what does it take the training? No matter how wounded you are, Never attack a brother and sister in Christ. Never accuse. Never betray. Loyalty, faithfulness, it's everything. Loyalty is royalty. Because no matter how much demonic pressure the enemy puts upon you, if you have made up your mind that you are not going to abandon post, you know that God brought you to this apostolic ship and you know that you know that you know this is where you're meant to be. This is what God's doing. And there's nothing higher or better if you go you know, back into bewitchment, just what are you going to do? You're not going to keep advancing. You're not in what God is doing on the front lines. So when you made up your mind that no matter what you feel or who sins against you, who doesn't sin against you or whatever, what your perceptions and emotions and feelings might be, because it's probably twisted, even if you are wounded, that no matter how much pressure comes upon you, you don't care what anyone has done to you, said to you, or hurt you in any way. You will not abandon your post because what? You're a soldier. And that's the difference between a disciple and just one of the casual followers of Jesus who got offended and left and went away sad. That's the difference. So that means I don't care who sinned against me. I don't care who said anything or done anything or whatever. I am a crucified one, which means I'm going to forgive like God forgives. I'm gonna, you know, you have people that may walk the walk or, you know, go through and first season, get into witchcraft prayers and be the main opponents that season and then they repent. You can't hold that against them. You put away sin. Keep putting away sin. If people make horrible mistakes, as long as they're making progress, put away sin. You're crucified. Jesus, when he caught the woman in adultery, Jesus, when, uh, you know, Peter denied him three times, you know, one of his best friends, just straight up, I don't even know the guy. All these horrible things. The, the tax collectors, maybe you work for the IRS, so that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. He forgave the sinners, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the adulterers, you know, the gamblers, the liars, the cheaters, 
everyone, all the Pharisees, would have literally stoned to death publicly, making an example out of them. He covered their shame, forgave their sins, and then he said something very important. Go and sin no more, lest something worse happen to you. And you understand as a crucified one, as you've been forgiven much, you forgive much. And so it's only the, the self-righteousness of the red dragon, of the Pharisees, that wants to kill and stone to death others with the word of God instead of breaking the spells off of the mind. Many of you, this is what the Lord told me today, many of you who have relationship problems, you have relationship issues with your spouse, you have relationship issues with your children, you have problems at work, you have problems in your mind and your relationship with God, and a lot of it is not even real. A lot of it is the imaginations and the spells because the heart wounds become openings for magic spells. And this is very important for you to understand. You cannot logic and reason someone out of a magic spell. It doesn't work. They won't believe it. The bewitchment becomes strong because where there was a wound that wasn't addressed, and the enemy, if they get in with a magic spell, it takes the spell-breaking power of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, and it's, 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 a, it's a high level prayer, it's an apostolic and prophetic prayer, and I would encourage you, if you want to become a spell breaker, because that's what the Lord said today, he wants more spell breakers, because the masses are bewitched, and they're hurting. Many of you right now, all of the relational problems that you have in your life are simply magic spells because of heart wounds that didn't get healed. So as soon as that demonic covering is broken off of you, that's when the light of righteousness can expose the spell and break it. I would encourage you to make sure you're watching and following uh, Apostle Shadrach. The Lord told, he showed him to me when he was explaining this. He said, you know, Shadrach is a spell breaker. He's a spell breaker. That's one of his specialties. Like in a military, you may have different uh, people and units and soldiers with different unique specialties, right? I'm good at being a forward observer. Brandon is like the arsenal and the tank of all arsenal and tanks you've ever met. Like I literally watched him in a one-on-one -on -one against Satan. Just they're going at it just like one-on-one -on -one. and I'm in this like kind of a glass shield thing, you know, but uh, Shadrach, he's a spell breaker. And so I encourage you, learn from all of your teachers that God has around you, right? We have a lot of material here. You're going to need all of it uh, to be successful in your rising. And the Lord does want more people to be spell breakers. You can do that. Start with your family. You're going to find, you're going to be so happy at home. You're going to be so encouraged. And even just like in your, if you're, um, if you're helping others or whatever it is you're doing at work, your atmosphere of your personal emotions and thought life are going to clear up so fast when you get the magic spells of bewitchment off of your heads. That's right. So the enemy, okay, devils, the world, and humanity is constantly trying to stain your garments. They shall walk with me in white. So the white is walking in the anointing of Christ, walking perfectly before the Father. You know, it says, uh, God the Father told Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. It is written, I believe that's Genesis 18, walk before me and be perfect. Now, the perfect is the white, the Shekinah. Steward my light in that body that I created for you to dwell in, that earthen vessel, perfectly. And that's available. That's all the provision of God is to do that in your life. If you fall short of that, it's because you're not obedient. Now, obedience is so important. I want you to see this here. We're talking about, um, you know, the gifts are nowhere near as important as uh, having the integrity and the purity of heart. Well, Jesus Christ said the gifts were utterly worthless and of no value if you didn't obey his commandments. Come and see. Matthew 7, uh, verse 22. Many will say to me on that day when I judge them, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? So they're all prophetic. They're all prophetic Christians in your name, trying to honor his name, worship in his name. They drive out demons in his name, and they've done many miracles in your name. 
and this is the red letters, I will declare to them publicly, I never knew you, depart from me. Now listen to the Amplified. You are banished from my presence for eternity. Okay? You who act wickedly, disregarding my commands to action. See, the, the gifts that are irrevocable, all this stuff, this Christian stuff that we do need, but that has become an idol. And if you are not in obedience to the commandments, Jesus said, you're doing wickedly, you don't know me, and you're going to hell for eternity. Now that is astonishing. If the charismatic church is not obeying the commandment, well, this is the commandment of Revelation 4.1, come out of the earth and live in the heavens. The commandment of Revelation 12.12 is Jesus Christ in the red letters of Revelation. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, but blessed and rejoiced exceedingly are those who live in the heavens. The word heavens there is cosmos, which is living on the stars. Do you realize Revelation says you're only blessed if you're living on the stars? It's exactly what it says in Greek in the cosmos, Revelation 12.12. So you're cursed and utterly disobedient to his commandments no matter how much stuff has come down from God in heaven if you're still in the earthly dimension. That should shock the church. That is totally biblical Christianity. Why? Because he knew people would stay in the human, in the earthly, and use it to self-justify my condition. And that's why you see so many people going after the gifts. Because you can stay a human being and have all the gifts of God in operation in your life. But the obedience and knowing him, obedience and knowing him, you cannot stay human you will transform internally into the divine and suffer persecution. You can have the gifts and have no persecution. We see that commonly in American Christianity. It's common. But as soon as you go after transformation out of the human, your, your family will start to be concerned. Your friends will start to be concerned. You'll start to be misunderstood. If that misunderstanding is not evident in your Christian life, there is zero metamorphosis, which means there is zero actual knowing him. And you are not successful in Christ. It's the misunderstanding. Why? The human nature can't comprehend the things of God, for they are only discerned spiritually, it is written. Now, some of you have gone through this and you're like 20 years down the line of being misunderstood. Now it's time to launch. You've been prepped, you know. Houston, the rocket is ready. We're going up to the moon. It's time to finally leave the earth. And so a lot of people have been waiting around. They've, they've had the fringe and the, the refinement of the charismatic and the best of the Pentecostal church. There is a remnant here that is ready for launch off, that will embrace the teaching of righteousness to shine as the stars of the heavens forever. And that really is our remnant. That is who Red Letter Ministries, RLM TV, is reaching. And you must learn this path of righteousness. And it truly is Kabbalah. Just, you know, get the rabbit out of the hat and just the shock that it is biblical, holy, messianic Kabbalah of Jesus Christ. And that is, that shock needs to shock you because it, it is a shock. Because that is why so many people that have loved God who've been fasting and praying, really trying to set themselves apart from sin and obey God and seek His will, why they're still suffering in the earth so much. Because they don't understand the rungs of Jacob's ladder. And the demons have come around and held the Christians down, saying, this is just for the Jewish sorcerers. Kabbalah is Jewish sorcery. And all these things, I tell you the truth, guys. It is the promised land, in fact. It is the promised land, in fact, and the Holy Spirit will make these things real to you. It will shock you how much the angels have been desiring the people to understand the holy Kabbalah of Jesus Christ, the deeper mysteries, the sacred secrets, and not just the surface level stuff. Guys, if you're honest with yourselves, it should concern you that so many prophets, that so many leaders, 
still have a surface level elementary Christianity teaching of just the elementary things of Christ and they've said the same things on repeat for 10, 15, 20, 25 years and they've never really gone into righteousness. There's something wrong with that. If they're not teaching from the heavenly realm, if they're not teaching in that cosmic dimension, if there's not an understanding of the government of day, an understanding of the government of night, of the moon and the sun and the stars, and of Torah and Moses and, and Zion and the heavenly realm and the wisdom of the ages and the wisdom of the angels and, and how these things work and operate. For the heavens are the Lord's. Therefore, those people who are consecrated to the Lord learn the mysteries of the heavens. And this is what we need people to learn. We need them to study those stone tablets of Enoch. We need them to not just study the scriptures in the earthly, in the darkness. That, that's, we need you to study the scriptures in the sun. We need you to study the scriptures in the stars. For that's where they came from. And you'll find when you begin to lift up the Bible in your hearts into the light of the luminaries, that word will begin working for you, and it never did before because your Christianity was incomplete. It's the truth. You've had incomplete Christianity. You've had parts, bits, and pieces, and a lot of it is the weaker stuff that the demons allowed the Gentiles to have without embracing Jewish promised land realities from the Old Testament. Remember, the New Testament is not just a new Bible. It's the fulfillment of the Old Testament. When the Bible says, study the scriptures to show yourself approved, the only scriptures in existence was the Tanakh. The Psalms, the Proverbs, the wisdom literature, uh, the, all of the, the Kings and, and Samuel, and Torah. The first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers. And if that is not scripture to you fulfilled through New Testament, you're off in some really, really heretical false Christianity. Christianity that is not the fulfillment of the Tanakh, the Old Testament, is not even Christianity. It's straight up paganism. And we need to come out of paganism, which is bewitchment. That's really what Jezebel is. She is the false Jesus of pagan Christianity. And it is prevalent. It is the norm in our American society. And I think you better recognize it's not far out. That's just people when they get really weird in spirituality. No, that's normal Sunday morning church is you're, ser you're serving Jezebel. Normal Sunday morning, raise your hands to Jesus, serving Jezebel in America. Truth anyhow. It's the stuff where you come out of that and begin to see from bird's eye view. These people are not even practicing the fulfillment of the scriptures. That's why you need to spend more time in the Bible. And you do need to become an accurate discerner of situations, of people's services, of what they're participating in. Forget the intentions. We need to see the angels. What angel is the service being monitored under? <laughs> what angels are present in this service? Am I even aware of the angelic over everything in this creation? Remember, all of creation is under angels. And for a human being to be resurrected and to be in right standing with God, they must be with the angels, learning from the angels. Hebrews says, the ministering angels inheriting salvation from, and then over angels. To be a Lord of hosts is to be over angels. What do we see of Elijah in the Old Testament? 60,000 angels around him ministering with the prophetic word. He was a Lord of angel armies. Guys, that's the standard of a new covenant Christian. Now, when we're infants in Christ, we're not even aware of any of that. But as you mature, that's what you are maturing into. To being commanders of angels, the word of God, and having the word of God and the glory of God, the consecrating of the heart and mind. Why? To be a tabernacle of the word that angels obey. God the Father will send angels to the measure the word of God is working in you, and you are doing the Father's good pleasure. 
Doing the Father's good pleasure is always accompanied with the angel armies. And that's what shifts the atmosphere. That's what will change the USA. You can pray and fast for 10 million years, won't do nothing unless you're going up into the glory and having the word of God working in you and becoming a tabernacle. It's called the tabernacle of David. David was a warlord. Okay, that symbolizes us now becoming mighty warriors of angel armies. And that tabernacle is the tabernacle of the word of his glory. So that the angels can begin to swarm around us like they do the throne, like they do the word on the throne. That's what the Lamb is. And it puts them to work in Miami, in New York, in Minneapolis, in California, throughout the U.S., throughout Canada, throughout the nations. So when you're going up, you're going up as a throne room, a tabernacle of David. This is the millennium reign of Christ, the children of the resurrection that are celebrating tabernacles. What is it to celebrate tabernacles? We will have a lot of, of teaching on this in the days to come. But ultimately, in simple childlike terms, it's having all God's word in you and dispensing it to the working of the angels and the angels working over all nature. So you can see the resurrection is over the angels, and the angels are over all creation. This is the restoration of all things. It's angels and angelic order, which is righteousness, and then the stars and the sun and the moon, and all creation underneath that order. That is the reverse of the curse of the fall entirely, and that's what we need to be a part of. Amen. Amen. Those powerful downloads today, I hope. You go back and watch this again. There's a lot to unpack. And I know a lot of people are just coming out of the dust of the earth. And so this kind of word is going to really help you to rise, shake the dust off. And I do want to encourage you, if you are on Malkut or if you're under the sun, I would encourage you to fast and pray somewhat regularly, whether it's one, maybe two days a week. You know, obviously, you know what you're able to do with, you know, your job, your workload, your current health. And just follow the Spirit of the Lord on that. But a lot of times people need to fast and pray, but they talk themselves out of it. You know, anytime, if you notice, anytime, you know, Shadrach is holding a fast with the people, there's always like a lot of, you know, if you notice, the flesh wants to speak, like, oh, well, what about this and that? And that's the part that needs to die. So if you're kind of like that when the fasting, oh, I don't really need to do that right now. Like, I have more rungs than that, blah, blah, blah. Just, it's going to benefit you greatly to incorporate prayer and fasting into your spiritual life. You know, is it a part of your walk? It really should be, especially if you are needing to rise or if you're needing to repent. There's really, it's one of the fastest ways to burn out the human nature. Just the seat of the appetites where you eat where you go after the cravings of your stomach. When you take that away for a measured time and you deny yourself, right? All resisting sin is you denying yourself. Deny yourself. Let's say you see someone else's destiny and you want to steal it because you think that God wants to give it to you. That's Satan working in you. Deny yourself. When you deny yourself, you deny Satan. And for those of you, you see someone else's destiny that you want and you think it belongs to you, you'll actually lose your destiny if you continue in that way. And that's a very sore and grievous thing. The Father wishes that none should perish. So again, loyalty is royalty. Deny yourself. When you feel like taking it out, your anger on your family, deny yourself. You deny yourself and you pick up your cross and you follow him which is where if you're really on the cross where does the cross go all the way up through the heavens that's the cross so you actually carrying your cross and following him when jesus died and rose again where did he go the cross is the tree of israel yep. <laughs> He removed the curse of the Kabbalah 
for those who would follow Jesus Christ. The New Testament talks about the wrong way or the, the impossible way to heaven that your father is talking to the Jews, that your fathers tried. What was that? Jewish Kabbalah. The way to heaven. The impossible road to heaven. Anyone who is hung on a tree is cursed. The tree was cursed. The way back was cursed at the fall. So he became sin who knew no sin, that we might become what? The righteousness. How is that? When you go up through your cosmic body, you, you receive your celestial garments, that you might become the righteousness of God. How? Christ in you, the hope of realizing glory and going glory to glory, which is Shekinah to Shekinah, which is from moon to Saturn, which is Shekinah to Shekinah, Shekinah below to Shekinah above, Shekinah to Bina, Shekinah to Bina, another world, Shekinah to Bina, which is you launch off from Malkut to the moon, standing on the moon, clothed in the sun, and then you go through the Phyros Vav, refinement, and the refiner's furnace, the Vav is the refiner's furnace, that allows you to enter into the holy place. Bina is your first taste of the holy place, holy of holies. And those three at the top are one. You get circumcised in each one of them. And then that lands you on Malkut of the next one. Then you go to stand on the moon, clothed in the sun, refiner's fire, seven times, you know, baked in that glory into Bina, the Holy of Holies. It's all the template, the pattern of the temple is the path, the way of knowing God. It's about his nature being formed in you and getting to know him better. And we rise by faith and doing the works that God has prepared for you ahead of time and that's where the angels are there to help you so deny yourself what you think you know the false gods the false signs and wonders the external gifts and bewitchment your desires carry your cross and follow him and I would say get on that cross and follow after Shadrach, after, as Shadrach follows after Brandon. I heard that in the spirit today. Follow after Shadrach. He's carrying his cross. He's the closest person to you, especially if, if you have got a few rungs and you think that, you know, you don't, you're, a, you're, I don't, I don't have to, I can skip class. I would encourage you, deny your pride. God has given Shadrach authority in the kingdom to raise the people up and he has keys and he's been given authority that's given to someone it doesn't matter if you're higher on the sephirot than them or not when god gives someone authority i feel fire now you follow them you stay loyal you stay faithful it's not like well uh, now i'm higher up than someone now and so i just don't i can just disrespect i don't have to pray i don't have to fast i don't have to watch you know whatever stay in school don't skip certain classes you feel like you don't need to you probably need to especially if you feel that prideful feeling you definitely need to because what he's called to do is what he's called to do and he's following very closely after what brandon has established in this way and so just stay close to the apostles and the sense of teaching don't try to come close externally that's the most dangerous thing that can become very dangerous but stay close to the apostolic in the sense of just get the teaching and obey the teaching right if you are trying to you need one-on-one -on -one ministry things like that and you're going to people who are in very high realms the judgment of those realms tends to be almost unbearable and Nine times out of ten, principality will try to hop in your body and you don't understand how that works. So you're going to get hit like that. Just stay in school. If the broadcasts and the teachings aren't enough for you, it's because you still have a desire for witchcraft prayer and witchcraft ministry. And so that has to burn. If you believe in the Oz of Torah, which is the strength, the might of the Word of God, then you are engaging in Torah and listening to the broadcast and receiving the teaching will be more than enough for all you need. Anything beyond that, again, that's just the bewitchment 
of Jezebel and the tabernacle of Molech. So get right with God and get to know him better. The river, Christ within you, the hope of realizing the glory. Absolutely true. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We will see you Tuesday. Have a wonderful weekend. Amen. See you next time. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed viewers of RLM TV, thank you for joining us in this sacred space where we come together to explore the profound teachings of the Bible. Today I stand before you to extend a heartfelt invitation to support RLM TV, a platform that endeavors to bring the timeless wisdom of the scriptures into the homes and hearts of believers around the world. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, we are reminded that wisdom is the principal thing, and with all our getting, we should get understanding. RLM TV is dedicated to providing that understanding, to unravel the layers of divine knowledge embedded in the Holy Scriptures. Your support is crucial in allowing us to continue this noble mission. As we embark on this journey, let us draw inspiration from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, where Jesus instructs his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. RLM aspires to fulfill this divine commission by reaching out to souls across the globe, illuminating their lives with the light of God's Word. Your generous contributions play a pivotal role in sustaining this beacon of enlightenment. The Gospel of Luke chapter 6 verse 38 encourages us with the promise that when we give, it will be given to us in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. By supporting RLM TV, you are sowing seeds of spiritual abundance, not only for yourselves, but for countless others who will reap the harvest of God's grace through this ministry. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10, we are challenged to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in God's house. RLM TV is that spiritual storehouse where the sustenance of God's Word is shared abundantly. Your financial contributions ensure that the storehouse remains full, allowing us to continue feeding the hungry souls seeking nourishment for their faith. In conclusion, let us heed the words of Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, which assures us that our God will supply every need of ours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. As you consider contributing to RLM TV, know that you are partaking in a divine partnership to spread the richness of God's glory through the medium of internet and television. Thank you for your attention, and may your hearts be moved to support RLM TV as we journey together in the pursuit of spiritual enlightenment and understanding. God bless you abundantly. Amen.